Who has, who have seen Moana? Everybody? Not a, who has not seen Moana? That's the question. It's a great movie to go and watch. Uh, any case, welcome from my side. I hope you enjoy church with us. Um, we, it, it's, a, it's a great story and, and one of uh, the highest grossing at the box office, so obviously they appeal to the kids, but there's so much in this film that we can extract and so many truths and, and, and I guess we can identify with a lot of the characters in, in this story. Uh, but one of the, probably the, the story or, or, or the thing that, that I've seen in this movie that, that most of, of the people here in this story struggle with is their identity, who they are, where are they going, um, why do they exist, and, and I wonder how many of us ha- have that question in our hearts, why am I on this earth, and what is my calling, what, what is my purpose, what am I going to achieve in, in life, and, and what is that, that I'm doing. So where am I going and am I going to, going to make a difference or not? Uh, what's the purpose of this life? And, and I reckon with, with Moana in this story, you see this little girl from a very small age, she's wondering where she's going to go because there's, there's something deep inside her that's calling her, that's calling her to purpose, that's calling her to something bigger than herself, and, and she didn't knew what it was because she didn't knew who she was or who she was. And I wonder how many of us struggle with, with that in our lives. We, we're not always sure where we are going. So I want to read for you two, two verses that's key for tonight and, and probably key for us as Christians as a lifestyle that we that we need to live out in in this world, a a kind of Christian lifestyle that we see in the Bible, but I guess we struggle with it because we don't always understand it, and we we don't always encourage ourselves to live it out, to live this lifestyle out. So I want to read to you two two verses, and these two verses is connected with one word, one Greek word that connects the two verses. Because it's the same Greek word in both passages that connects these two together, which which is just an incredible uh, call to us in our lives. So I want to read to you Ephesians 3, verse 20. It says the following, Now unto him that is able. And I guess I can just stop there. We can just put put a full stop there. Now unto him who is able. Come on, church, that deserves an amen. I, I need to remind you that you can preach with me, okay? Stand on your chairs if you need to. Cheer me on. I'll preach better, okay? Don't break the chairs, otherwise I need to pay for it. But now unto him who is able. Hey, hey church, struggling with something, he's able. Struggling with something, he's able. But this verse goes on, and, and it's incredible. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above that we ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. I mean, what a powerful verse for us. I want to read to you in the message translation as well. It says the following, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or, or guess or request in your wildest dreams. 
What a powerful, I mean, we've, we've just sung the song, all his promises is yes and amen, until we need to believe it ourselves. Then we start to struggle. Can it be for me? Can his promises be yes and amen for my life, for my future, for my calling, where I'm heading to? Can it be? Is it possible? So whatever you think, for God it's able. Whatever you dream, for God it's possible. Uh, even in our wildest dreams, and that's why I love big dreams and dreaming big dreams, because I know it's, it's not by my power, but by His power. Because Scripture tells us that God is able. I, I want to put a clause in this message, just a little time out. This is not going to be, and this is not a name it, claim it, grab it, blab it, blab it, and grab it sermon, okay? It's, it, I want to build your faith tonight, really I want to. But this is a call to a lifestyle, not a call to a certain theology. Because I, I, I think you go on to scary grounds once you go, if you believe it, it's yours. Okay, if you're bold, believe for air then. Hello? Scary ground to walk on. But it is, there is a lifestyle that we can trust God for better things in our lives that He has a plan for us. So it's, it's, it's a call to a lifestyle, not a blab it, grab it preaching where you're going to go out. Thank you for that Tesla in Jesus' name. Mine. Thank you for that house in Upper Brookfield or Brookfield. The, the three million one, not the two million. Mine. <laughs> but God wants you to believe and dream for big things. And that's why we have scriptures like this. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever guess or request in your wildest dreams. He can do it. Second verse that I want to tell you, and I think probably the verse that shows us why we struggle with this in the Bible and why we struggle with this in our identity and where we are heading in life is this verse here. Jesus comes and he tells us this personally. He's saying the following. The thief comes only, this is John 10 verse 10. The thief comes only in order to steal, to kill, and destroy. In that order, almost always in that order. Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says the following. I came that they may have life, enjoy life, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus' words literally says, I want you to have life in overflow. And still we don't believe it. The King of Kings is telling us he wants us to have an abundant life, and we struggle with that. And the word that connects these two words, uh, two verses, is the word abundantly or abundance, because the same Greek word was used in both, uh, in both verses for the word abundance, meaning now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. That word abundantly in the Greek is the Greek word for, or this Greek word that was used here was the Greek word peresios. Peresios. So you get another Greek word for abundance, it's makarios. But the word that was used here is the word peresios. 
The Greek word also in John 10.10 where Jesus says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. That word is also peresios. The Greek word that Jesus has used here literally means to live a high life, a superior life, a life without limits. And Jesus is coming and he's teaching us out of his word here and he's saying, hey, the devil is going to kill, steal, and destroy. But I want to come and tell you that I want you to have a life and enjoy life and have it in abundance, meaning having a precious life, a high life, a high life, a limitless life, a life without, a beyond measure life, a life without limits. But still, church, we limit God. Although we serve a God without limits, we limit God through a lot of things in our lives. Even through, through I, I, I want to get to a couple of things, how we place a limit on ourselves and our lives. But we, we read this verse and, and we go, it's not for me. It's, it's, it's maybe for someone else. It's, it's, and we don't know our call. And we don't know who or whose we are and what we need to go and do in this life. We're not sure who we are. So let's just quickly take this look at this um, clip. She's in this struggle where, am I, am I, am I, am I going to do it or not? Am I going to take the step of faith or not? Am I going to be like Peter and, and get out of the boat and walk on water or not? Hey, Zalvin, but Peter, he, he did sink, you know. Yeah, it's still better to be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker, church. We need to sometimes just get this push from the preacher or get this push from somebody and say, Hey, when are you going to start following your dreams? When are you going to start chasing that calling that God has called you to live out? Or are you going to, going to just remain where you are, where, where the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and, and, and place some stuff in your life where you think, it's not for me. I can't go. Thinking about Moana, I've, I've just read a book, um, went back to a book that I've read a, a couple of years ago, and it was The Lion Chases Manifesto. It was such an incredible book by Mark Patterson, and, and I have this up on my computer uh, probably twice a week where, where, where I just read it out, and, and it just reminded me of, of this manifesto, and, and I, I want to I read it to you, and, I, and I'm hoping that, that this just sits in your heart, and, and something inside you is going to go, I'm going to climb out of my boat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God for the, for the miraculous. I'm, I'm going to trust Him that He's going to work through me and that I'm going to live the call that He's called me to live. Here's the Lion Chases Manifesto. It says the following. It says, quit living as if your purpose of life is to arrive, arrive safely at death. Hello. Set God-sized goals, pursue God-ordained passions, go after dreams that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Keep asking questions, keep making mistakes, 
mistakes, keep seeking God. Stop pointing out the problems and become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past and start creating the future. Stop playing it safe and start taking risks. Expand your horizons, accumulate experience, enjoy the journey. Find every excuse you can to celebrate everything you can. Live like today is the first day and the last day of your life. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from uh, whispering what's right with God. Burn sinful bridges, blaze new trails. Criticize by creating. Worry less uh, about what people think and more about what God thinks. Don't try to be who you are not. Be yourself, laugh at yourself. Don't let fear dictate your decisions. Take a flying leap of faith. Chase the lion. That's who we are called to be, church. We serve a God without limits, yet we limit God. And that's what I wanna focus on, on the areas that we limit God in our lives. And I'm, I'm going to share with you the 49 areas that we limit God in our, I'm joking, <laughs> maybe five, four. Number one, number one, number one area where we place a limit on God and limit God in our lives is our thoughts. It's, it's our thoughts, what we think. See, you, you're going to end up where, where your strongest thoughts are. That's where you're going to end up in life. But we place a limit because, because the devil comes and you're not good enough. You can't do it. Look at you. You have accomplished nothing. And, and just tells us that he's a liar, church. He's a liar. But, but we're starting to believe the voices and starting to believe because we failed at, at, at a few attempts. And then we don't want to try new attempts. We, we need to change our thoughts. Your thought, church, your thoughts are seed for the deed. Let, let me just unpack that because that is deep. That's what you think. If, if you're constantly thinking of something, you're going to end up doing it, church, because it's seed for the deed in your life. If, if, if you constantly, hey, oh, like this lady, but you're married, hey, hmm. Nice. What, what are you doing? You're feeding yourself with seed, church. Your thought is seeds for what you're going to do. And, and we need to plant the right seeds in our thoughts. And sometimes our thoughts is the biggest thing that is placing a limit on what God wants to do in our life, church. And, and we can't, we, although we serve a God without limits, we limit Him through our thoughts and our thinking and, and what we think and who we think we are. And, and I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I, I'm, I'm not clever enough. I, I don't have that degree and I don't drive that car so I can't do it. And, and we need to remind ourselves who and whose we are. Because the last time that I checked, the Bible says that I am made in the image of God and He still lives in me. And I don't know about you, church, but greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. We need to start believing that and changing our thoughts, church. Because God is able. You need to know who you are. And thinking about Moana, the moment 
she discovered who they really are. That's when, when the light bulb went on. That's when she started to chase that dream. That's when she knew she couldn't stay on the island. It was this video clip. You see, the moment she discovered who she are and what she's called to do, she set her mind on it and she, she knew that that was her calling. And sometimes our thoughts limit what God wants to do in us and through us because we want to believe what the world says about us. And Romans 12, 2 says the following, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Meaning, don't conform to this world. Don't believe what the world is telling you, church. Start believing what God's word is saying about you and saying who you are and saying where you are going and start trusting God and don't let your thoughts place a limit on what God wants to do in your life. Philippians 2.5 says, have the mind among yourself which is yours in Christ Jesus, meaning have the same attitude as Jesus had. And Jesus was relentless, church. He knew what he's calling was. And it's, it's, it's that old saying that the sky is the limit. The sky is not the limit. Take the lid off. Take the lid off. Because Jesus' words is, I want you to have a precious life. Jesus' own words is telling us, I want you to have a high life, a superior life, a life without limits. But yet we limit God through our thinking and, and through the thinking and, and the lies that the devil tells us that you're not good enough, you cannot, cannot make it. That business that you are dreaming about, forget it. It's not you. You won't make it. Hey, hey church, take the limits off. Take the limits off and start trusting God and start trusting Him to, to, to help you. That's what I love about Colossians 3 verse 2. It says the following. It says, set your minds on the things that are above and not the things on the earth. Meaning, what is the heavenly thoughts? What is happening in heaven? How is your life looking like? Church, there. He's dreaming about you. He has a dream for you. And he wants you to discover it and start to live it out. The second area where we place a limit and, and where we limit God is with our words that we use, our, our language. And we need to learn to speak a kingdom language, church. Meaning, what are you saying about yourself? What are you proclaiming about yourself? And I, I think sometimes our biggest problem is that we talk ourselves out of a miracle. Hello. We talk ourselves out of that what God wants for us. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. What are you speaking? What are you saying about yourself and what are you saying about your marriage and what are you saying about your businesses and what are you saying about your calling what are you saying about and speaking over your children what is the words that you use i'm, I'm not sure what words you are using but 
But it's important to, to start training yourself into speaking a kingdom language. Saying, I know it's going to be difficult, but God is with me and God is for me. Start speaking scripture about, over the situations in your life. And start proclaiming what his word is, is telling you. Articulate your victories, church. Start speaking those victories. Hey, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't easy for us to come into the country. It was not. But every month, I've put on a photo of Brisbane City. Every month, every month. Thank you, Lord, for an open door. Thank you, Lord, for an open door. Thank you, Lord, for an open door. Praying over this city. For 17 months, we've been praying over this city and trusting God for open doors. And still there are people that are struggling. But we are here, church. Can you imagine if we went, oh, it's never going to happen. Never going to open up again. Never going to change again. I mean, how incredible is it that in a very secular world, in a very Western society, pastors is on a critical skills list in our country. What words are you using, church? Thirdly, is previous experiences. Previous experiences is placing a limit on our trust Issues that we have. God, I prayed for that, but nothing happened. Well, something you don't know, I've been praying for 20 years, nothing happened. And we let previous experiences place a limit on what God wants to do in our lives. I'm not sure what your previous experiences are, but we can't let previous experiences place a limit on our lives. I, I, I love what Pastor Brian Houston used to say, he says the following, let's never be a company of people who reduce our faith to the level of our experience, but let's be a company of people who lifts our experience to the level of our faith. Meaning sometimes it didn't happen, sometimes it felt like I've been praying through the roof and against the roof, it's just not going through the roof to heaven. But don't let that experience dictate your faith, church. Let your faith dictate your experiences. And don't let previous experiences place a limit on who you are and what God wants to do in your life. And, and in this clip, I've, I've skipped the clip for a reason. But in this following in clip, it's, it's, it's Moana where she faces Dakar. And Maui is helping her. It's an incredible scene what happened with Dakar. And then she, she becomes this beautiful island, Tafiti. And I wonder how many lives of our lives is represented in the following clip. Have a look. You see, because of previous experiences, because of hurt, because of someone stealing, well, Maui actually, stealing Tafiti's heart, she, kept, she became Takar and very hard. This, this, this being that's, that's just, just awful, just being 
so closed up, so hard for the rest of the world. She's attacking everybody. She doesn't want to let anybody near her because of previous experiences, church. And I wonder how many of us is sitting here because of previous experiences. We've closed up everything. We don't let people near us. We don't trust people anymore. We, we don't want to open up ourselves to, to the thought that God wants to bless us with even more and have us live out our life and reaching higher heights and reaching higher lives. And because, because Alvin, you don't understand, they hurt me. Salvin, they, they, they've killed me from the inside. They've backstabbed me. Church, this life is hard, but we can't let previous experiences keep us from what God wants to do in our lives. And I'm really sorry for the hurt that you've gone through. And I know it's, it's not easy, but God wants to do a new thing. And maybe I'm just prophesying tonight to you, but God really wants to do a new thing in your life. But you need to go and say, hey, God, I'm sorry for placing the limits because people hurt me. I know you want to work through me. And if we are just open to the fact that he wants to come and restore us and heal us and, and, and just wants to come and, and, and give us peace back in our lives and, and just go, Lord, here I am. Hey, church, I don't know what hurt you went through. But can it be that that hurt is causing you to not know who you really are and whose you really are? Tafiti didn't even know who she was anymore. There was no life inside of her because of previous experiences. And sometimes previous experiences in our lives cause us not to trust anymore, cause us not to believe for the bigger things, cause us not to believe John 10, 10, I have came that you may have life and life in full, life in abundance. Don't let previous experiences keep you from what God wants to do in your life. Fourthly, I'm ending with this. Familiarity. Familiarity places a lid on so many things. Places a lid on what God wants to do in our lives and the keys can come up and place along. I want to read you this verse in Matthew 13, verse 55. It says the following. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there. And coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogues. So that they were astonished and said, where did this man Get this wisdom and these mighty works. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are, or, and are not all his sisters with us? Where, uh, where then did this man get all these things? Jesus returns home to the people he grew up with. He returns home to the people. I mean, they went to school together. They saw him. 
They, and they start asking the question, hey, this guy, isn't he the carpenter's, carpenter's son? Isn't his mother Mary and isn't this his brothers? Where does, how is it possible for him to, to know all these things? How is it possible for, for him to do all these miracles? Where does it come from? You see, church, the problem with them was they were so familiar with Jesus, the person. Because they knew the humanity of Jesus, they missed the divinity of God. And sometimes we are so familiar with things. Isn't he the carpenter's son? Hey, church, who are you seeing tonight? Who, if you're only going to see the carpenter, you're going to get the carpenter. If you're only familiar with the carpenter, you're only going to get the carpenter. But if you're going to see him for who he really is, I don't know about you, but he's Jesus, Lord and Savior of our lives. He's the miracle-working God. He's the Prince of Peace, church. That's who he really is. But sometimes we are so familiar that we miss the things that he wants to do in our lives. It, it happens in church church. Let me explain, and I'm going to end with this. We know, we know our church is going to roll tonight. Five minutes to, there's a countdown, I still have time to chat outside. We know, we just know, we know that we know the format of our church. We know it's normally, it's normally four songs, sometimes three, and most of you already know this, this evening service is not even going long. We know, it's going to be at least two quick songs and then two slow ones. That's called praise and worship, by the way. But we, we know we are so familiar. And, and then a young bloke is going to stand up and he's going to do the announcements. And, 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 and then, and then that, that South African guy is going to come up. And he's probably going to scream at least twice in his sermon. We, we know. Why? Because we are so familiar with church format. We just know. And then he's, he's going to call up the pianist because he, he's, he's going to end the sermon. You know it's not long now. We're going to have dinner. Why? Because we are familiar. We are so familiar with formats and programs and, and, and what we do is that sometimes we are so familiar because we know what's coming next. next we, we sometimes miss what God wants to do in that moment of worship for us. Isn't it the carpenter's son? Church, because they knew the humanity of Jesus, they missed the divinity of God. They were so familiar. And sometimes we are so familiar. Don't become so familiar that you miss the miraculous, miss the miracles. Some of you, you don't understand. It, it, it cannot be done for me. I'm, I'm stuck. Well, I'm not even sure if I'm a believer. I'm so stuck in my ways. I'm so stuck. I, I'm, I'm addicted to too many things. I'm, can God really save me? Yes, He can. But you, you have to take the limits off and start believing for the supernatural. Start believing Him that He wants to do it and He, and he can do it. And maybe you're sitting in, I'm not sure 
whether and to what you are addicted to and and what is your problem in your life but i want to give you a verse and end off with this verse tonight it's in revelation 1 verse 17 and 18. it says the following when i saw him i fell at his feet is john speaking and he saw jesus he says when i saw him i fell at his feet as though uh, as though dead but he he laid his right hand on me saying fear not hear jesus words fear not i am the first and the last and the living one i died and behold i'm alive forevermore and i have the keys of death and hades That is a very profound statement that Jesus just made there. And I don't think we we always get it. You see, Jesus comes and says, hey, I'm life. But do you know what I did? I went to hell because he died. And then he went to hell, church. Hades is hell. He went to hell. And he rose victoriously. (laughs) But Jesus is saying, hey, by the way, I came up victoriously with the keys of hell, with the keys of death. Meaning, meaning, the devil is gonna try and trick you and tell you, you can't get out of your addiction. You can't get out of your poverty. You can't get out of your mindset. You can't get out of that old life. Church is a liar. Because he doesn't even have the keys of his own house. He can't keep you locked up there, church. He's a liar. Jesus died for you and you can be saved and healed, church. Jesus has the keys. You don't need to be stuck anymore. You don't need to be addicted anymore because the devil can't keep you there. Church, he died for you so that you may have a full life and a life in abundance. Jesus' words is, I want you to have a precious life, a life without limits. Although we serve a God without limits, we limit Him. In our thoughts, in our words, previous experiences, and just being familiar with our everyday lives, not seeing the miraculous anymore not trusting him for the great things anymore. And we start to believe the lies of the devil that he's gonna keep us addicted and keep us in that place and in a dark place. He does not have the keys. You don't need to believe that lie anymore. You can get free in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are. And thank you that we are yours We are children of you. We are your children, God. I just want to pray, Lord, for everyone here, that they may experience life in full. May they experience their calling. May they experience, Lord, what you have called them to live and for who and what to go and do. And may they start stepping out of the boat and taking the risks taking the step of faith and trusting you, God, for a precious life, abundant life, a full life. Lord, thank you for saving us. 
thank you, Lord, that we, that we can put our trust and our hope in you because you are a firm foundation. Lord, we just love you. And as every eyes is closed and head is bowed, everyone's head is bowed, I want to give you an invitation. Maybe you're sitting here twofold. Maybe you are stuck. So I need to get out. I need to start living out my calling. I need to live out my calling because I can't take it anymore. Or maybe you're stuck in addiction. Stuck in some stuff that you know is not from God. And you want to get free of that. I want to pray for you and just stand in faith with you tonight. Second invitation is maybe, maybe you have never accepted Christ and the gift of salvation for yourself. You can't earn eternity. You can't. The question is, if you die, are you going to heaven or hell? So how do I go to heaven? By accepting the gift of salvation. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. That is called religion. You can't. It's a free gift and we can't work for it. That's why it's called grace. Maybe you want to say yes to grace tonight. Maybe you want surety. I just want to pray for you. Nobody's going to look around. If you want to accept Christ tonight, accept the gift of salvation. Or as the first invitation, maybe you say, I need to step out and start living my calling and not limit God in my life. Will you just quickly raise your hand and let it down? If any of that invitation is you, just, I'm not going to call you to the front. Just raise your hand quickly and let it down. Thank you. Thank you. going to give a last opportunity. If you want to be included, we have, we have one hand to be included into that prayer. I want to pray for you, so just slip up your hand quickly, just let it down. Great. We as a church is just going to pray, pray collectively and then we're going to cheer as hard as possible for a new life tonight. So would you pray after me? Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I come tonight and I say thank you, I say thank you for, forgiving my sins. for forgiving my sins. And Lord, I declare, Lord, I declare that you are king of my life. And I accept the gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Come on, church. Can we give a great, <laughs> great, great.